Hello everyone and welcome to HR Dyslexia Podcast. Today's podcast is really different, absolutely phenomenal and it, honestly, you're just really going to love it. We've got one of the most amazing people, if I can use that word. <laughs> he is um, an award-winning behavioural. Now please, um, Bavin, help me to pronounce this word as a dyslexic. The one that begins with O-P-T-O, how do you pronounce yeah, it? So, so it's called uh, optometrist. Optometrist, that's it. I was looking at it thinking, oh, okay, bit of a mouthful, but I'll get there. <laughs> so we've got a multi-award winning behavioural optometrist, Bavin Shah, who um, have done amazing work with um, sort of looking at dyslexia and visual and dyslexia and learning. And we actually connected on LinkedIn and I was really excited when we did connect eventually because I actually struggle with um, seeing things on paper, whether it's black, uh, white paper with black back there writing, my favourite colour is blue and everything is blue. And I often wondered why. And I had I went along to get some kind of assessment done called the Erlen Diagnostic Syndrome. And great, it's been working. I said some kind of, that's what it was then. Well, now it's something different. And it has really helped me to have my, my blue lenses, uh, glasses, and well, I can do so much better on, on, on white. And of course, when Bavin and myself connected on LinkedIn, I just thought it was great to really hear more. Because we get lots of phone calls that people say, look, I can't read um, on why, or if I can read on why, words are moving. And Bavin is the best person to really explain this to us. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about his background. It's a bit of a long-winded um, bio. When I say long-winded, very interesting bio. I just don't want to read everything out. I'll get Bavin to introduce himself, tell you who he is, what he does, and why he's passionate to, uh, to talk about dyslexia and visual stress. Now, he's got more medical terms than myself using this visual stress word. Um, and of course, I want to say thank you to our funders, which is European Social Fund, an education skills funding agency, and Equip, for supporting us to bring all these podcasts to your homes. Bavin, welcome to HY Dyslexia Podcast. How are you? Oh, very well, thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you, thank you for that wonderful uh, uh, introduction as well. Um, uh, so, so yeah, I'm 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 extremely passionate about vision and, and learning, um, and how we use our eyes. Um, and and one of the things I, I wanted to just clarify right at the beginning, actually, that, that mm -hmm. dyslexia itself isn't a visual problem as such. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you're dyslexic, you're much more likely to have visual difficulties. Um, and, and and I think that that sometimes is often a misunderstanding that, that you've got this kind of images in the media of words moving on the page, um, which is not dyslexia as such, but it's it's, it's an associated or, or we'll call it a coexisting visual condition as well at the same time. Um, so I mean I, I began this journey understanding vision and learning maybe about uh, 10, 12 years ago uh, when I'd had some some patients who who to come in to see me because they were having uh, difficulties with their vision, uh, particularly actually looking at the board. Um, when I checked their eyes using kind of traditional optometry, everything was normal. 
but but they were coming to see me because they were having difficulties um and so i, I kind of looked a lot more in depth and I, and I and i love to kind of solve problems and and especially if people are experiencing things that, that, that don't make sense um in a traditional sense um and it, I, I kind of looked in more in depth and found out that there was a, a whole load of other things that were happening with, with a vision um how they were moving their eyes how their eyes were focusing how they're processing visual information um and then i found that there's actually loads of overlap between uh, dyslexia and, and these kind of visual conditions. Um, and that just sparked a whole load of interest in me and then kind of wanting to uh, get a deeper understanding and a deeper a deeper handle of, of, of what's happening. Um, and that kind of led me down to uh, the roots of behavioral optometry, which, which actually has been um, practiced and understood for uh, in the UK for over 30 or 40 years. Um, in the US, maybe in a, you know, 60 years, it's been, um, has been kind of understood it's 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 we don't advertise ourselves enough we don't we don't kind of spread the the knowledge enough about what we do but that, that actually makes a huge impact um to learning not not uh, for dyslexics or if you're having any kind of difficulties with, with with learning there's often a visual element to it right i mean i did say that i wasn't going to read your bio but i think i have to read a little bit of your bio because you've got over 24 years experiences in this industry and your passion is linking vision and learning in, in a unique approach to solving complex problems using innovation led to specialize in behavioral optometry. Now, you have explained a little bit about behavioral optometry, and I'll be very honest with you. Until we connected, I'd never heard of that word, didn't know what it was. I thought, what well, is a behavioral optometry? Of course, you know, you're going to um, dive into that a little bit. You have, um, you've helped hundreds of dyslexics to learn, study, and work more effectively through a deeper understanding of their visual system. Um, okay, so I'd also say he has helped to develop pioneering eye tracking technology and a range of detailed assessments to better assess the individuals of dyslexic um, patients. And then it goes on and on and on. And I love it. I could just sit here and read everything about you because I've never come across it. I remember when I was going for my dark, my blue tinted glasses, I was referred to Specsavers. Not that I'm knocking Specsavers in any shape or form. And then I just got the um, the lens put in a, in, a, in a frame and that was it. But I wish I had had someone who could have explained a lot more to me. What is this and why do I need the blue coloured glasses? Everywhere I go, I stick out like a sore thumb because it's mm. like, look, it's a bit dark in here. Why you got dark, dark glasses on? Yeah. Yeah, people, people don't, don't often understand. And I think what's really important is understanding uh, what they're doing, um, how they're working for you, why are they working for you? Um, and, and, and when you understand that, then it really helps to know what's happening with, with your vision. Um, when you're using your eyes, for, for anything, not just reading, you know, we've had people can uh, judge distances better, they can cross the road better because they're, it helps organise their visual system in, 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 in different ways. And everybody's unique. Um, each each uh, dyslexic is unique in their, their skills and, and areas where they find challenges. Um, and, it, and it helps to kind of understand what's what's happening and where the visual system fits into, into that, 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 that kind of mix. Because um, 80% of what we take in from the world will come through our visual system. Um, and, and, and having an understanding of, of that, um, I think really helps, helps us know where our strengths are or where we can, where we, we may need to work on things or have, have different challenges um, and, and what we can do to, to kind of improve the way we perform. Of course, thank you so much for that. Now, let me go to my first question, which is really interesting question, to be honest. What is a behavioral optometry? 
What is that? So, so uh, behavioral optometry um, is it's kind of the as, as as a discipline as as a behavioral optometrist, we look much more in depth in in into the visual system and how the visual system works. Um, so it's, it's kind of how we use our eyes to uh, acquire information, how we use our eyes to then uh, process on our brains actually to process that visual information. Um, the kind of analogy I, I think I may have mentioned before, the, the analogy that, uh, that I use, if, you, if you've got loads of kids in a race, say if you've got 10 kids in a race, you'll get one who will win, one at the one who will come at the end, everybody else in the middle. So a kind of a routine optometrist may be the one providing a new pair of trainers, but, but that's not going to make you win the race. Um, a behavioral optometrist will have a look at the whole process of how the body's moving, how the legs are moving and coordinating, um, and then work on areas that we can uh, kind of see how, you know, do we make, need to make the legs stronger or do we need to make them coordinate better? Um, so that's kind of what, what a behavioral optometrist does. And, and uh, another kind of analogy I like to use, you know, if, 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 if someone knows the alphabet, it doesn't mean that they, they're not dyslexic. So, so it's kind of having to put put the words into or put the letters into words, put the words into sentences, and and we kind of understand that in in a much deeper way. So that's how a, a behavioural optometry. And in fact, I don't think the the kind of term helps describe what we do. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot more in depth than 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 uh, the, 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 and, and, it, and actually it's, it's it, it, our visual system does have an impact on on how we perform. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it's that, and, and it does have an impact on how we behave, but it, I don't think it describes what, what how important the vision is Absolutely. to our normal day-to-day -day life. Absolutely. Matt, are there many behavioral optometry in the country? So to speak, you're the only one I've found or seen. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's not uh, not enough of us. There's only about sixty of us who practice in the UK. It takes time to learn and have that understanding of how the vision works, and it, it, it's quite a departure from what we're taught as as kind of routine or kind of traditional optometry. So so I think that it's having to I think having that passion for for learning and understanding how things work with our visual system. Um, I, th I think that's the first step in, in, in what drives a lot of our members to, to become um, behavioural optometrists. Wonderful. Now, Bevan, tell me, why do I um, read with my hand or my finger on every single word? And then by the end of reading that sentence, I've still missed letters and, and, and in between, I don't know what I've read. Why is that? So why is that? So, 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 so firstly, when you, uh, you know where your finger is, so when you're putting that on the on the paper, it, it then gives you a, a nice clue as to it tells your eyes where to point to be able to look. Um, so so actually you're, you're you're partly looking with your finger as well as with your with your eyes. Um, so it gives that kind of kinesthetic feel. So because you because you, you you know your your fingers at the end end of your hand. So it really helps keep firstly it keeps the eyes uh, fixed on the right place at the right time, um, and it helps them move in the right the right way. Um, but what happens is every time we move our eyes slightly, the, the brain, um, it takes a while to process that, just a fraction of a second to process that information. Um, and it can happen, some people may have, may have noticed this, that, that actually it will be, for example, if you're looking for your pen on your desk and you're looking everywhere for it and you can't see it, and the moment you stop moving your eyes, it was there all along. It's right there. It was right there because it's 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 too much information for the brain to be able to process. Um, keeping the eyes there, uh, taking that information, moving it in the right way, it's just too much information. The, the moment you stop moving your eyes, actually, then you can start processing that information. It makes it look clear often, so it can look perfectly normal, but actually, the, the brain's not not processing it. 
So, so one of the things is it's kind of understanding how um, what's happening with in that process, so that the brain can then look at that information and then and then take it in and, and register it in the right way. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. I'm just going to move on to my next question. How can understanding visual system help our dyslexic listeners? to learn, study and work more effectively. It's, yeah, it's really important to, um, to know that, that when, when there are these kind of difficulties, what to do basically and, and how to, and, and there's, there's uh, firstly kind of having a good understanding of, of what's happening and what's causing those difficulties. Mm-hmm. I think it will, will really help. Mm-hmm. Um, and then knowing the kind of interventions that we've got from, from my, my kind of uh, point of view, the, the, the main interventions would be uh, like, like saying colored lenses, Mm-hmm. which don't help everybody i mean in my experience maybe about 10 or 20 percent of people the colored lenses make a, a big and, and when they make a difference they make a huge difference yeah. you know we'll get 30 40 percent improvement in reading speed and and, and improvement in, in in comfort so they so when they work they, they really work um but it, it it tends to be uh uh less you know like i said 10 20 percent um sometimes we can get glasses with special lenses we can get what, what are called prism glasses glasses where um, they they kind of make the the kind of space on the page appear slightly and the words on the page uh, appear differently which then makes it easier to process that information and for some people we may have to do an exercise program um, or do some kind of vision therapy and, and that helps teach how to coordinate the eyes more effectively keep the eyes better on the page which then makes everything much more efficient and when things are working more efficiently then it's easier then to to, to kind of take in that information. Now, one thing with me as a dyslexic and also having all my specific learning difficulties, one of the things I really love is colour. Everything is colour. Colour, yeah. Everything. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, even our podcast today, it's like bright orange and it's right in my face. Yes. You know, it's stuck on my my, my notice board. Do you come across a lot of dyslexics in your work that, you know, the the years that you've been working, that colour works so much better for us? But the world, the world isn't color coded, coded. Um, yes. as in every letter that comes through the post is white paper and black typing. Listen, you've got to figure that out. So why is it that, and I've met so many dyslexics that would just say, look, everything is color coded. Why is it that way for some dyslexic and not for some, do, do you think? So, so then there's... Uh, uh... Each uh, dyslexic has their own way of processing information and the way that their brain processes information. Um, Many actually are really visual. So they have a really good way of picturing things. Their ability to visualize can be better than than average. Actually, they can picture things from a different point of view. Um, You often find them involved in in art or um, topics such as um, uh, I met a geologist who was he was great. I mean, he was uh, dyslexic, but he could visualize the way that the, the rock formations would be around in, in on, on the planet. You know, you could see how mountains were formed just because in his brain he was really great at creating those pictures. Uh, color is a very it gives a really really good visual cue. So you, and and it helps us organize information instantly. You know, we we analyze um, our vision much much more quickly than we do words. Um, th- you know, it can be hundreds of times faster. So having a picture um, and or having a, a color within a picture allows us to process information much more efficiently. And, and uh, color coding is really, really great. It's a really good way of, of, of processing information and then categorizing things as well in a, in a, in a quick and easy way. Um, mind maps are great as well. I don't know if you've ever used mind maps. 
Um, so it puts that information in a really good kind of visual way. And, and, and our brains tend to process visual information like that. Um, our, our brains don't put to, don't put everything together or, or put it in lists. It, it, it links bits together. And, and sometimes there's, there's links between those and it forms its own categories. So um, mind maps are great for doing that. Um, and drawing, do you, do you draw at all? Um, I'm not a very great drawer. I can't really draw very well simply because I think it's something to do maybe in my dyspraxia. I can't do straight lines. Yeah. I can't do circle. Yeah. Right. Although with, with, with drawing, you don't have to do like a, a really like an artist kind of drawing, just 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 drawing symbols and, and making your own uh, own, own little things. Even, even it could be a stick figure. Yeah. Um, but that can be very powerful as well. Just the fact that you've, you've, you've drawn something with your hand helps memory, helps process that information better. Um, so it can work really well. Um, Pictionary is, is a really good kind of activity sometimes to do um, as a way of, of conveying information. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much for that. So what might someone with dyslexia see words moving on a page? What, why? Why would that be? Do you think so, so? So one of the one of the, the, the main things that that that, that causes that um, it, it's it's either the way that the eyes are, are, are focusing or they're moving or the way that the eyes are moving um, or the way that they're working together um, or the way the brain is processing that visual information. It's going to be one of those usually. Now um, the brain actually expects the eyes to be still and stable. Um, but if the eyes are, eyes have a little bit of instability, um, the visual image that comes in will be slightly unstable. Now, the, the brain, the, the easiest way for it to interpret it, it's the same effect as if the words were moving. And, and the brain has the ability to override what, what we see. So it will give you that, that illusion of, of movement happening there when it's actually the eyes that are, that are, are unstable. Because right. um, we, we get part we'll get that. Yeah, sometimes we get phone calls and people say, oh, I'm dyslexic and I've got visual stress. I'm like, okay, yeah. fair enough. But now that you're explaining that dyslexia is, dyslexia is separate from what the ICE is doing. And now, you know, it's all yes. making sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's coexisting. I mean, you're, you're, the, the kind of studies suggest somewhere between 60 to 80% of dyslexics will have some form of, of, uh, of visual disturbance when they're, when they're reading. Or, or, or looking so there's a significant number um, and it's it's to do with um, mainly yeah, the, the way they're moving the way they're they're working together tends to be the biggest cause of those difficulties right wonderful thank you so much for that now my last question will be what are your three top tips for anyone who's diagnosed with uh, visual disturbances if i can use that word yeah, yeah. So um, I think the, the 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 main thing is kind of understanding what's happening, and then once you know what's happening, um, thinking you can think about the interventions, what you want to do to 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 kind of help it, and then having a look at um, uh, ways to, to to kind of make it easier, like staying using your finger, or sometimes a, like a bookmark or a, a reading reading rulers can be very good as well. Um, uh, ideally, I, I mean, I, I, I like to, to do vision therapy as well and, and give an exercise program um, to help 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 give better control of, of, of the eyes and, and how the eyes are processing information. Right. Right. OK. That's really amazing. That's awesome. Thank you so much for those uh, top tips that you've given us. How do people connect with you, Bavin? Because the work you do, it's just absolutely phenomenal. How do we contact? So, so, so they can thank you so much. Yeah, they they can um, contact you via, via my website, 
Um, I do have a, a, a free questionnaire or like a, it's an assessment tool um, which helps to, to identify if, if you're having visual problems. Um, so the, the uh, kind of listeners can can log on to that and do do that one for free. And then there's information on on the website about how to connect, um, or they can they can email me. My, my email is quite quite straightforward. Um, uh, info at central dot vision. Um, so so we created an easy email to make it um, easier for people to, to obviously connect with us. Of course and. Again, I'll repeat that. So you can connect with Bavin um, on Instagram at Central Vision Opticians, Facebook at Central Vision Op, and Twitter at Bavin Visionary. And of course, email info at central.vision. Is that right? Have I got all that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now that's, yeah. Email is the easiest email is way. The easiest way. And um, of course, you know, please do tap into um, the kind of service that Bavin provides because I had never heard of this until we connected and until we spoke and I thought, right, okay, there's more to it than we just think, oh, look, this child is not reading right. Here's an overlay. You know, the amount of times I hear yeah. this where parents have gone to schools and said, look, my child is saying that their eyes are straining or they're getting headaches when they're reading or maybe um, fluorescent light is hurting their eyes, whatever reason. And sometimes they're just giving an overlay paper and say, look, take this. And that's not even... And, uh, uh, and I think the other thing is that of a kind of a routine optometrist, uh, often I'll, I'll get one where they'll they'll have an eye test and everything's normal. And, and and it's a bit like going to your GP and saying, you know, you can't see your GP for dyslexia because your, your GP will be, you're, you're perfectly healthy. What's wrong? There's nothing there. Well, um, like a regular optometrist wouldn't understand the, the kind of visual difficulties that, that would happen. And in fact, most of the kids that I see, their sight is perfect and health-wise, everything's perfect. Um but this is a kind of a, it, it's more of the, uh, how the brain is processing that information. Of course, of course. Thank you so much, Bavin. It's been a pleasure my having ple you on, my pleasure. Um, on A2I Dyslexia, all things um, Dyslexia podcast. Of course, people do connect. I've, I, I can't stress enough, particularly for children. I think do connect if you feel that there might be some sort of visual disability or visual difficulties or, you know, okay, fair enough. Maybe your child's got dyslexia and you're thinking, well, why are they reading and skipping words? At my big age now, I'm still reading and sp skipping words all the time. Um, and, and it's great to kind of go for the help you need. And Bavin's here to support. And as you heard Bavin said on our podcast, there's only 60 behavioural optometrists. Is that across the UK or in London? Across the UK, across the yeah, UK. across the UK. So we are yeah. so privileged to have you on our podcast today. And um, I just want people to really tap into the kind of work you do. Because it's very, very important that, you know, they get the help and the support that they need. Thank you so much. Keep up the good work. Brilliant. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I want to say thank you to our listeners for listening to our podcast every week. Of course, we want to say thank you to Yola, who is the podcast producer, who makes all these things happen. Bavin, great having you on our podcast. Thank you to our listeners and thank you to our funders and everybody who makes it possible. Now we're back next week, same time, same place with a different topic. Thank you. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast, All Things Dyslexia, is funded by Equip, the Education Skills Funding Agency and the European Social Fund. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions.